Hello, welcome to part two of our healthcare checkup podcast series on physician emotional intelligence and the law avoiding hot water. Again, this is Nicole Thorne, and I'm a healthcare attorney here at Browse McDowell. And this is part two, and I'm joined today again by Jennifer Hill, who is a licensed counselor and now executive coach who primarily works with physicians. And so we're going to pick up where we left off uh, from our last episode. Um, in which we talked a little bit about physician behaviors that affect that uh, intersect with the law, and it's become more of a unfortunately um, challenge I think for physicians dealing with a pandemic um, in an already high stress environment, um, and. We here at Browse help and support physicians and also healthcare entities deal with some of these issues, namely with respect to professional conduct. And in our last episode, we sort of focused on one type of unprofessional conduct, which really kind of stemmed around um, the verbal um, disruptive behavior, sort of yelling at somebody. Um, and, and, and again, to sort of caveat all this, not usually ever intentional, it's in the heat of the moment the boiling point is reached um, and, and you get to this point where you just have to sort of, you know, unleash the pressure. And, and so we talked about the verbal uh, components of unprofessional conduct last time. And I think we want to pivot a little bit to a different situation that both you and I see in our respective practices. And that is just this, this notion of physical inappropriate conduct with regard to outbursts, right? Um, so it's in your face, it's um, kicking, uh, knocking a computer over, throwing a chart across the desk, um, you know, just pushing stuff, punching a wall. And, and again, non-judgmental is our caveat here because no one intends to go there, um, but it happens. And one of our sort of key places where the pressure is always high is in an emergency room. Um, and a lot of times you're dealing with life and death issues. Um, and so just sometimes it all culminates, right? And you get to a spot where you just, you, you, you don't see a way out. And so we want to talk a little bit today and I, I you know, want to hear your perspectives and thoughts on the sort of the behavioral health, the emotional intelligence side of what physicians might do to sort of prevent those situations. Again, no one wants to get there. Um, no one wants to have to call their lawyer because they got contacted by the professional conduct committee. Um, so from your perspective, you know, maybe share with our audience, what do you see when you talk to physicians? What are some of the challenges they face and the causes and maybe what, what we can do to sort of understand this a little better? Well, thanks again for having me, Nicole. I'm happy to be here and, and talking about some hot water that Many of us have experience, and physicians, unfortunately, are um, put in the middle of this way too often. And you know, the the one thing that um, really sticks out to me as you were talking, the first thing that came to mind was that the factors of influence, the factors of influence for a physician. What has created or disrupted or inhibited one's emotions or emotional intelligence? And the reality is, is as we said in the last podcast, is that medical education and the culture of medicine has really pushed down self-awareness. So if you want to hear about self-awareness, listen to our last podcast. But, you know, having that emotional literacy, number one, and then emotional awareness of what do I do with this um, is, is really the first step. And oftentimes, because of the factors of influence that physicians have had from, you know, 
being screamed at um, in their in their training or even being grabbed by their attendings and what are you doing right really putting them into that again the amygdala being hijacked what often has been created and many of the physicians that I've worked with with support this idea is that what has actually happened is that because they've had so many of those type of experiences where they're getting yelled at where they themselves have had things thrown at them is that it's actually created a neurological pathway in their brain what do i mean by that is that there have to be at least 30 to 200 successful trials for two synapses to be created which then creates a pathway aka when i think or feel or experience something this is how i should behave that's what a pathway is so thinking about or reflecting back and i'm sure the physicians listening will maybe even have some no intended, everyone, some negative flashbacks of medical school or residency of those horrible experiences of being yelled at and screamed at, charts throwing across the floor or um, being thrown at you or being told that you're less than or even being shaken in some capacity is actually pretty normal for a physician. And so when they're put in those heightened states of stress, when they have that accumulation of just higher and higher and higher levels of stress and the situations and the people around them just are not complying the way that they should, oftentimes we jump onto that pathway that we're used to. We don't want to, but that's what the brain does is it tries to find the path of least resistance, right? And in that moment, that path is, I'm gonna do what was done to me because I've had at least 30, if not 200 successful experiences, not positive, but successful, that this is how I should behave, which then impacts your self-management, right? Regulating your emotions. It impacts your social management, how you engage in your relationships. Again, they don't intend to do that, but the brain takes over. So if we can reflect back of how do I avoid that, it's first the awareness of what does that path look like for you? What neurological pathways are created in your brain? And how can we stay away from those things? Well, there's some practicing, there's some building and understanding, but we can shift away from that and have 30 to 200 successful positive interactions when under stress. And through time, it gets better and better. Again, there's always a path out. There's always a path to change. Thank goodness for neuroplasticity. So even as the stress increases, I've seen that as I'm working with physicians and whether it's professionalism issues or proactive approaches that they've noticed, I'm getting a little bit edgier um, in my response. We've been able to come up with very customized, unique responses that they can pull out of their pocket to be able to say, wait a minute, I I'm, I'm feeling like I'm back in med school. I'm feeling like I'm a resident again. And when I'm the attending now, I need to shift. And it's not because of what others are expecting of them, but it's because of, again, that self-awareness of, I want to respond differently. And I want my intentions to match my behaviors. Right, yeah, and I, I think that's critical. And we talked in the last podcast episode about just you know the importance of the self-awareness piece. And just, mm -hmm. you know that's really the first step to sort of retraining your brain. And, and I think what's tough with physicians, and you said this, is that you, you the type of education and career pathways that they have it's very you know one track right you're mm -hmm. all about getting through a program learning stuff i mean you're just jam packing your brain so to have to just take 
you know, five minutes and sort of self-reflect and do that is important. And I think, you know, from the legal perspective, a lot of where this this ends up getting sideways with physicians is it ends up violating some code of conduct. Um, we see a lot of it just, you know, in terms of medical staff bylaws is where a lot of the stuff is written. Um, and, and known. And, and I would say for the most part in a lot of healthcare organizations, the rules are relatively the same. Um, you know, there isn't anything specific, but it gets dicey once you kind of cross over and you, you get, you know, recognized or reprimanded by a peer review committee or you're under investigation for some certain conduct that you, you did. Um, or, you know, you receive a complaint from the Medical Board of Ohio or whatever your state is um, about certain conduct that you've had. And some of it for me is um, just as physicians go through this process, you're used to just getting on the medical staff, right? You know, it all looks the same. This is your world. You've lived it for so long. You kind of know what the rules are. And I think from our perspective, as painful as it is sometimes, it's important to know what the rules are. <laughs> um, and I know that, you know, it's it's one more thing to read, but really having an appreciation for what are the expectations. Um, if you're an attending in a hospital, you know, if you're there all the time, you're a hospitalist, you're a pathologist, you're an ER doc, um, you know, you're living inside those walls pretty much most of your career. If you're, you know, an outside practitioner who comes in to do rounds, maybe not as much, but, but when you're there, those are the rules, right? And so just really, I guess, taking a minute to understand what is the hospital's expectations um, so that you can know where the boundaries are, right? And avoid any situation that's even perceived out of line. Um, you know, additionally, I think a lot of physicians now are um, scored or receive some type of compensation or bonus based on metrics that are not always just clinical. And I think some of these conduct issues can affect them in those other categories as well. And so I know when I review employment contracts for docs, these things come up. And, and I'm saying this because a lot of the emotional intelligence piece, right, affects compensation. I mean, yes. if you're really going to connect yes. those dots, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not just cranking another RVU, it's, you know, what are your patient satisfaction scores? Mm -hmm. Well, if you've got a, a history of outbursts and inappropriate bedside manner, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're not going to score high on that part of it. Um, you know, quality outcomes. I know that's another factor, right? Um, you know, is your outcome for, you know, infection or other things, um, you know, affected by the fact that your head's just not in the game 100% of the mm -hmm. time. And these are all, to your point, I think preventable um, situations, they just take some retraining and some focus. Um, and so I know here at Browse, we spend some time both supporting physicians, you know, in that capacity because, you know, for hospitals and physicians, you know, if a, a conduct issue escalates enough to, to the point where it affects your privileges, um, you know, you start talking about your license, right? Um, mm -hmm. And whether that's through the medical board and any type of um, suspension or other disciplinary action that's, you know, warranted according to the board um, or the hospital med medical staff changes your privileges status, those can be reportable to the National Practitioner Data Bank. And I think, you know, none of us wants to go there and we've counseled clients on both sides, both the physician and the hospitals on, you know, how to steer clear of that because that can be career changing for a physician. Um, but but those are the rules, and so we want to, to stay within those boundaries. And so I know that you're available to, you know, help physicians sort of 
you know, more preventively. And that's mm-hmm. really what the point of this podcast is, is to, is to know that there are resources that A, it is something to, to give time to, um, and B, that there are resources to um, contribute to that. But finally, if you are in a situation where you have already received that phone call or you're kind of in hot water already, that there are legal people too that can help you navigate that. And, and I know from our perspective, you know, we have a team of healthcare lawyers that, you know, have counseled physicians mostly on just response. Um, you know, when you've already gotten called out for unprofessional conduct, it's frustrating, it's anger provoking, mm-hmm. uh, but the last thing you need to do is continue down that path, right? right? right. <laughs> to the point about retraining. And so, you know, you and I, I think, have worked together with some of our other healthcare attorneys on just tag teaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's get you through this current issue. Um, let's help you, you know, look at a behavioral contract, work with the hospital, work with the facility, um, sort of, you know, get you in a good place now. And, and some of that will come alongside um, folks like you. And I know you have some other resources, too, I think, that you kind of call in as mm-hmm. well to help physicians. Maybe you can share a little bit about what those folks can do. Sure. So, you know, either from a proactive or a reactive response, you know, one of the things that I, as well as some of um, my team do is we use it's not just what does jen think or you know sitting down and journaling you know some people think that's self-reflection it's it's actually using valid and reliable assessment tools to identify how does one show up on a day-to-day basis what are your motives your values your intentions and more importantly in hot water what what's your dark side right and and how do you show up what are your derailers when you're under stress when you're under pressure or even when you're bored how do you show up? And for each and every one of us, it's going to be different. And we don't always know what that is, right? We may know there are certain buttons you don't push with me, but using a reliable tool, a valid assessment to be able to say, this is how you're perceived has been extremely eye-opening for my physician clients, whether it's, again, proactive or reactive. So that's a way to deepen that awareness and understanding using something that we know to be reliable and valid in nature. And then if something else comes up, right, that it's that we're actually in a responsive action, you know, what do we need to do? Either it's myself coaching them through or identifying, is there something deeper that needs to be processed or worked through? Um, maybe you've had some experiences in the past that are resulting in this type of behavior that you know needs to be supported in some capacity so whether it's connecting with mental health services that can be 100% confidential or it's working with somebody who is a coach that has 100% focus on working with the board right so checking all of those boxes alongside of individuals like yourself Nicole and the other attorneys here at Browse to be able to say this is the plan and coming up with a beautiful package and putting a bow on it to say here's what you need to do and so we customize everything that a physician needs in response to whatever the expectation is but also above and beyond so that it's not just you know I, I did whatever I needed to do but it's truly understanding and recognizing and learning from this experience so that as you walk back into receiving your license back or being able to receive your privileges back, that you're going in truly as a, a renewed physician versus somebody that's coming in, you know, under the radar. So uh, my team, we always focus on how can we renew the situation and how can we make it even better than what it was before the actions. And again, if it's a proactive response, it's truly being a support to that physician and providing them with that awareness so that we don't get to this point of intention, you know, as it matching their impact or their behaviors. 
Right. And I think, you know, if you didn't listen to our last podcast, uh, we encourage you to do that. We talk about physician burnout specifically as it relates to, um, you know, this notion about at what point are you considered impaired uh, mm-hmm. to, to right. clinically practice under your licensure laws, which is a scary step. Um, but, but I will reiterate now, and I think, you know, you're on the same page as well, that is intimidating as this process seems. And, you know, th- most physicians have been very one track for a long time. So it's sort of scary, right, to step into this other world um, that you really just haven't, you know, navigated at all. Um, not doing it is also not a good idea, right? right? Because this stuff, again, we're human, right? And this happens to everyone. Um, we just see it manifest differently in different, you know, career types. Um, but to not address it either is really not a good solution. So, you know, encourage you to seek out different resources that you have, even if it's a peer, another colleague. Um, Jen's and my contact information is available um, through the details on this episode. Um, but just uh, we both encourage you, I think, not to just brush this under the rug. I mean, if you think even for a minute that you and it's not even a, a, a quote problem, right? It's just understanding and learning more about yourself as a person, as a professional um, and kind of just really taking the time to focus on that part of your professional development. It doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation um, It is really important. And I think most physicians that go through this, and I'm sure you can attest to this, uh, feel renewed. Um, you get a little bit of that relief valve, right? Like, okay, this is manageable. I feel like I have a few more tools in my belt now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just feel more empowered, I think, to navigate um, some of the challenges that, that you face every day. Um, and, and obviously, we're here to help you from a legal standpoint, but the goal is to really, you know, make that as, as helpful to you as possible. So um, I think that was our goal, you know, for today is to just give you some tools, some resources, um, just create an awareness Mm -hmm. uh, for our audience and our physician colleagues and friends um, on some of the different implications of that. So we hope you enjoyed our podcast series. This is the end of part two of a two-part series. And uh, thank you for listening today. And you will find contact information uh, in the episode details. 